The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to... The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. Give us a review or a like, share it with a friend, and if you want your own podcast, we produce those here at the Boston Podcast Network, you can go to pod617.com to get started. But this is the show where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city, and we've got... Not just one, but two stories for your money this morning. I have two great guests, both of whom have personal stories that started with challenge but ended in inspiration. It is Jana Shulton and Dan Junkins, and they're going to tell us all about it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So, and they also happen to be married, I should point out. But you, you both, remarkably, you know, Jana, I happen to hear your story first, which sounded very interesting how you have overcome well I don't know about overcome but you have have or had multiple sclerosis let's start at the beginning so it is I know a little about multiple sclerosis and how debilitating it can be have have you had it since birth or no I was diagnosed in in the year 2000 okay and so I was in I was around 30 and uh pretty young and it started out with a numb pinky toe honestly and progressed from there. And essentially the symptoms were just getting worse and worse and like fatigue and dizziness and just you know, imbalance and mm-hmm. vertigo. Mm-hmm. And when I was having a, a complete attack of vertigo, which essentially I can't do anything besides crawl to the phone and yeah. call, call a friend. And, and I said, you know, David, I, I have this attack and I have this event tonight. What am I going to do? And, and he's like, well, and he was a coach as well. And he just said, would well, you realize that you're causing it? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And I have nothing to do with MS. It just happens to me. And he said, well, you're the one who is always there. And the, you're the one who's saying these things about yourself. And are those things true? And I was like, well, no, it's just negative mind chatter. And he's like, well, what else can you create? And I want you to just consider that. And uh, he called me back later. And so I, <clears throat> I really listened to what he had to say. And I, I, then I took a nap because that's really all I could do. And when I woke up a few hours later, the attack was gone. And I was really astounded because the several years that I had MS, the attacks would last weeks and months at a time. So that's when I said to myself, oh my gosh, this must be what they call mind-body medicine. I had a friend that told me about mind-body medicine years before, and I never really, I mean, I listened to her, but I didn't really do anything about it. And so I really delved into mind-body medicine. I found the, well, back then it was the Herb Benson Clinic. Now it's at Charles MGH. Mm -hmm. 
the Mind Body Institute or the Benson Henry Center. Mm-hmm. And I, I took their symptom reduction program and learned all about meditation and visualization. Well, I didn't learn visualization through them, but um, all about stress reduction and even diet and eating an anti-inflammatory diet. And, but the biggest thing I, I did was I went to a therapist there to deal with some issues I had around forgiving my father for the, my background with him. And now, do, you, he, do you mind if I ask you that, and please go into whatever detail you feel comfortable, or if you don't yeah. at all, that's fine. But, but you, you, you just simply had a, a rough relationship with your dad or? Yeah. Yeah. I, had a, I mean, he was mentally abusive and. And is he still around or no? No, okay. no, he's been gone for quite a while, quite a okay. while. Okay. But that was something yeah. you had, you, you had to address that was causing stress in your mind and body, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe I was saying more negative things to myself because he said a lot of negative things to me mm, okay. <laughs> that I believed, you know? So, yeah. So I really worked on forgiveness and that was a huge component as well. And, but the therapist I went to actually also helped people from cancer actually shrink, you know, lesions in their brain and their bodies and through visualization. And I'm like, well, can you teach me that? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then, I mean, she just told me all these stories and then she told me how to do the visualization, which is really through meditation. And so I, I went to work and I visualized just shrinking the lesions in my brain, which is how they measure MS. Mm -hmm. And I actually did it within three months because I had a timeline because I had an MRI scheduled with my annual annual doctor appointment. And uh, Jana, and Jana from- let me ask you, what was your <clears throat> pardon me? Jeez, <clears throat> it's my first podcast of the morning. I need more water. Apparently, okay. There comes there's the voice again. It's great to get your voice back. So tell me, what was your degree of skepticism? Because some people might have heard you have this potentially debilitating disease that involves lesions in your brain, but you can make it all better through doing stuff other than medicine, like thinking straight. Mm-hmm. Now, some people might say, well, that, that's, that's voodoo, that's hogwash, you know, but did, did you, how did you feel when you heard that? I mean, I believed it too. I was really married to Western medicine and the mm-hmm. drugs, and I went to this MS support group, which was pretty alternative. And a lot of the girls in the group were doing like drumming and becoming vegetarian and just doing really alternative things. And I was like, bunch of whack jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what I, I thought. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was really married to that side of things. Now, Dan, let me ask you, was, was what were your thoughts when Jana was, was diagnosed and you heard this business about new wave medicine? That's my word, not theirs, but anyway. I like so, I had okay. not yet met Jana oh, okay. uh, when she was diagnosed. So it was okay. after it, we had met, but we were dating and I knew that she had just completed or was completing your Benson mind body program. And I was intrigued by it just because I'm an athlete. I'd actually done some visualization work as an athlete. What, tell us about what sport you or uh, what's the athlete thing? And by the way, if you you can lean in in a little more, we're not catching as much of your uh, voice there. Oh, sure. Not a problem. So I was a long distance runner from the junior high school up through college. I ran competitively and I also played a lot of golf informally. And at one point I was 
working at the Yankee Kennel Company and they used to have me organize the golf tournament, the company golf tournament. And during those years, my mom actually gave me a video by Al Guyberger, who is a famous golfer who shot one of the lowest rounds in professional golf. And he came out with this cybernetics video. And it's literally a visualization techniques of visualizing the perfect shots. And it's very repetitive and it's very boring, (laughs) but I was fascinated by it. And I found that other athletes did visualization techniques. I had a friend of the family who was a star athlete at UMass as a football player. And he used to go do visualization techniques of literally tensing every muscle and tendon in his body, starting with his big toe and going all the way up to his head and just presencing himself. And he, he was an extraordinary athlete. And he shared some of those techniques with me. So I, I was aware of it. I thought it was intriguing. I liked it. I actually got benefit watching the videos. I'd go out the next day and have a great round of golf. Or That must be uh, a common theme among sports psychologists because you hear that, that when a baseball player, for example, is in a slump, a psychologist might show them video of a hot streak that they were on and just, you know, remember how you can hit, you know, Mr. Slugger, you know, and take a look. This is you doing well. You wouldn't think it would be that simple, but, <laughs> but maybe it is. And it's, it's, I would say it is, it's very simplistic type of technique, but it's not easy in the sense of being able to really calm yourself and settle yourself and settle the mind. The mind is kind of like a, it's a complex system that's constantly wanting to talk and think and, throw thoughts out at at you, but if you can, the key ingredient is really getting yourself in a sort of calm, meditative, peaceful state and allow your concentration and focus to be focusing on specific aspects of your body and being present to it. And it sounds kind of woo woo right now, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's very validating to hear about Olympic athletes, golfers, long distance runners doing these kinds of things for decades. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was into it. Okay. So back to you, Jenna and, and spoiler alert, I'm going to imagine that this, this therapy came in handy for Dan when he was later diagnosed with leukemia. I'm trying to tell the story like one of those time shifting shows that we watch on Netflix. Anyway, I want to point out before I forget that both of my guests today have books that are forthcoming. And uh, Jana's book is called Enchanting Wellness, How to Go from Hating Disease to Loving It. It seems like that would be a long journey for, for me, but but yours is the story of success. So was it as simple as you were, you know, fascinated by this therapy? And then I take it the results, the results were there. Actually, I should, I should, I should mention that you, you know, being on the phone with you, you don't seem hindered in any way, but how, how is your health now? Yeah, I got it. My health is great, actually. I have no symptoms of MS whatsoever. I'm actually in benign status Mm -hmm. and my neurologist said, you don't need to come back. So Mm -hmm. I was like, gosh, I guess I should start sharing my story now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Because I have validation from the scientific community and that's important. So. So so how so how describe how did you go from hating disease to loving it? Well, it's first it's first started with loving myself, and I mean I, I did some transformational courses that helped me see things differently, and and I really started to love myself, and then I really started to see what I could love about MS, and that if my body was just talking to me, and that 
and I was fighting MS for a really long time. And when you're fighting something and you hate it, it just gets worse and worse. And that's what was happening to me. I mean, I'd get stressed about work. I'd get an MS attack. And it would just be like this vicious circle of continuous stress and sickness. And so how I, I mean, I really started just to focus on what MS was trying to tell me and um, just really starting to love it and loving myself fully too. What was the process like writing the book? I take it you had to compile all those moments where you were doubting yourself and hating disease and the tales along the way. Is that what we can expect to read in the book? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is part, partly memoir, partly how to essentially. And um, so it's sharing my journey and it's sharing the resources and tools that I used, which are, I mean, are, there's lots of different things that I used. I mean, I did some things that were pretty out there, like shaman Indian healing. <laughs> really? And, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> well, well, tell me about that. That was more, you know, like I have a, a spiritual friend that invited me and the the Indian healer chose me to be the select guest in the middle and did like this, like this ceremony per se of, of like a healing ceremony. Where, where was this picture? It was on Cape, Cape Cod. Okay. Yeah. That's a spiritual place, I guess. As long as you're not on the the boardwalk strip there in Hyannis. I mean, there are very peaceful places on the Cape. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the Indian healer essentially like, you know, spit, whiskey in my face or and then blue smoke in my face and I was like okay whatever this is wild what? <laughs> it didn't necessarily heal me back then but well whiskey spitting is part of the is part of the process what well, that uh, that would have me taken aback as well <laughs> I was like Lynn what did you get me into man right. yeah yeah <laughs> but I, but I but something positive came out of that maybe not that per se I don't think <laughs> so <dog>. maybe <laughs> <laughs> but I get, but I guess that the lesson is you 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 got to try these things, right? Yeah, I mean, be more open. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just yeah, whatever you can. Do you I mean, do you think that modern medicine and medication and it, it are, I guess, for lack of a better word, overrated? I mean, we hear things like you know, we all we think of our our former quarterback Tom Brady and and his he has a book out about his method of health and nutrition and a lot of it, he, he rejects, you know, he, he say, he said, I'm putting words in his mouth. He didn't say this per se, but the, the message is that, you know, if you're on, you know, some kind of antidepressant and then you also take, you know, ibuprofen and you also take cough medicine and you're not necessarily doing yourself uh, a service where you could be eating healthy and practice and thinking healthy and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a Do you have a philosophy when it comes to that? I, I guess it really is Eastern versus Western medicine. I mean, I think there are benefits to Western medicine in some some ways, um, especially in acute crisis mm-hmm. like my husband's. And I think the long term medications, like medications, are really only supposed to be approved for ninety days, not like the rest of your life. And when I'm learning more about the nutrition part and your gut microbiome from a former MS doctor that is partnering with me with my creating my program is that you really can heal a lot of autoimmune diseases just through your gut. And I, I mean, I did change my diet to like a vegetarian 
mostly raw food diet, eating plants and vegetables, because I was a triathlete back then. And I was following this, this vegan triathlete, professional triathlete guy, and he was all about nutrient dense foods. And he's like, eat a salad a day. And so I went from a meat and potatoes diet to vegan and vegetarian Mm. raw food diet. And that was, and that actually helped heal my gut. And I didn't know anything about the gut back then. So have you ever done uh, one of those things where the, they, they have the service I, I I'm told where they analyze your gut because I, and I keep hearing this, that's so much of what might not feel right in your body is a result of something in your gut. And I'm told you actually, you send a little sample of your poop to a, a clinic somewhere and they, they will, they will tell you kind of what's going on and what you react well to and what you don't. I guess you haven't tried that. I, mean, I, I think I tried that back when I was living in Chicago and when I was first diagnosed and because I was having stomach problems back then too, actually. So, yeah. So but you, you so you were, me. you were on your journey when you met Dan and, and then, and so you and Dan is attracted to the fact that you are this new, new wave, new age heal, healing person or something of the name. Now, to, <laughs> let me get the timeline straight. You, you meet Dan before Dan was diagnosed with leukemia. Is that right? Yes, that's true. Yes. Okay. And I, I had MS back then when I met him. Okay. I mean, I was experiencing symptoms essentially. And and so, Dan, you come along, and um, I'm trying to tell the love story here. You know, maybe I should put on some some loving music. Now, <laughs> here it is, yep. And so then, Dan, not knowing what the future held for him, yeah. met his future bride, and all right, we'll stop the music. So, so I guess, I guess, I'll, thank you. I guess I'll, I'll cut to the chase. What I'm imagining here is you get the devastating news that you that you have leukemia. What were your thoughts then? And did part of you think, well, I've got a a, a pretty good healing partner right next to me? Uh, exactly. Okay. Um, so I will share with you that it was a heavy day on April seventh, two thousand seventeen, when I was diagnosed. You know, I was going out the door after a week of what I thought was the flu. And all of a sudden got a call that said, you got to get to the hospital right now. They just analyzed my blood. And I walked in and within two hours, I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And I'm like, what? Mm. I mean, I was in dead. I mean, I was, I was in complete shock fear for about two days. But in the back of my mind, I was immediately started thinking, I have a wife that's just healed her that's healed herself from what some people consider an incurable disease i thought damn if she can do it i can do it so i was treated at the beth israel hospital um, in boston and i we only live about a mile away in mission hill in the boston area mm-hmm. so it, for me it was that was definitely an aspect of my healing process that was profound was knowing that i had a partner that that did it I could do it. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a foundational aspect of my own healing process. Now, now, the book that you have coming out is called Peacocks, Poison, and Leukemia, A Life of Vibrant Health. All right. So I, I, we get, is this some, some tie-in with NBC, with the Peacock, or their new streaming service? No, probably not. No, tell, no, tell, us, not. Yeah, tell, us, no. tell us what the title means. Well, I like to say that it's, it's a little bit obtuse and weird. But I will say that that night before I was going to be given what, I mean, I was actually prescribed the, the 
the most powerful chemotherapy protocol that they provide for any cancer uh, person. So I had two weeks to live. And the night before that chemo began, I had just uh, finished a wonderful gathering of my mom, Jana, my two best friends, and my brother. They'd gone home. And I was just in this sort of like blissed out. I was blitzed. I mean, it was a long day of just like, wow. And what I got to was this uh, area where I just thought about death and dying. And I got to this place where I realized we're all going to die. We just don't know when. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's possible that mine might be sooner rather than later, but we don't know. So what was there for me was it was strange. I went into this sort of blissful state of like, hey, I'm here now. I should just do what the nurses and doctors are telling me, which is just take care of yourself. We'll take care of everything else. You just relax. And at that point, I think it was because I grew up in a very artistic family. My father's a poet and writer. My mother's an artist. And they would read books and stories to us all the time as little kids. And I don't know why, but I just gravitated to a story that I had remembered about peacock mm -hmm. why it happened i have no clue but mm -hmm. i really wanted to remember it so it took me about three hours to research and find it on the internet I had my laptop mm -hmm. with me and it's basically a story about how <clears throat> the peacock eats poison mm -hmm. poisonous plants and snakes as food it's sustenance for them and i guess it resonated with me because i realized i was going to be taking one of the most powerful poisons you could ever imagine going into your body and i thought so this is this is i'll do that this is true this is not some imagined uh it's true dr susical peacock <clears throat> peacocks actually... i thought it, i thought it was a wacky story yeah. but i did more research online and realized mm. they do kill poisonous plants they eat poisonous and so i that's why felt... that, that's why they're so proud that's why they're always showing their fe feathers i mean <laughs> yeah be... <laughs> i would <laughs> <laughs> guess what i ate today you know you people ate cheeseburgers i, I eliminated <laughs> i eliminated some poison yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was sort of like a metaphorical story for me that I it it for whatever I reason it. it gave me some peace mm -hmm. uh, of mind. And you know, they they warned me about things. You know, I would lose my appetite. I'd lose my taste. I'd lose my smell. I would I'd lose a lot of weight. I'd have a lot of fatigue. I'd lose my hair. So what happened was I did lose my hair. I did have a lot of fatigue, but I actually gained weight. During the chemo, I gained 25 pounds. Well, I couldn't stop eating. Yeah, well, all those poisonous snakes are delicious, right? No, that's not you. That's the PI. No, that's the peacock. I know. I know. But, but, well, it, it's just intriguing. And I did a little more research on poisons and realized that there's a majority of medicines, chemotherapy drugs that are derived from poisonous plants mm. and poisonous mollusks, mollusks and stuff mm. like that. And it was intriguing to find that out, knowing that poisons are the, are the source of a lot of medicines out there. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> which of the two of you had the idea to write your book first? And then which was the Johnny come, uh, uh, the computer's going back to Jana. So I take it that was you, Jana. So you, <laughs> that was a hint. So you, so, <laughs> yeah, so, um, I, yeah the, I actually started a decade ago and then stopped. Oh, okay. And, yeah. But, and then your, your husband has to one up you and say, well, I'm going to write a book too. Does, <laughs> exactly. Okay. We're in a competition. Yeah. That's right. Right. But Jana, let but Jana, let me ask you that the by the way, you can go on Facebook. Is is that the best place to find out about the book and your program, Jana? 
Yeah, it's uh, Facebook Infinity Wellness Couple from Dating Disease to Loving It. That's a, it's a group that I have, or you know, I know my name. I have all the my book title, my everything on my Facebook page. Yep. Um, you broke up a little bit there. I don't know why, but yeah, it might be. Um, so sorry, I'm going to ask you that again. Sorry to make you repeat yourself, but t- tell us the the book and your program. Is there a Facebook group we can go to learn about this? Yes, it's called Enchanted Wellness, How to Go from Hating Disease to Loving It. Okay. And what's the program that goes along with your book? You have an actual deal here where people can learn from your journey and on the way to their recovery, perhaps, or what? Yes. I mean, it's to my, my program where it starts with mindset and how to help you realize that your thoughts and your mindset have an impact on your body. And I mean, it really, essentially I'm developing it right now and I'm correlating it with the book. So yeah, I'm eventually would like to have it in person in workshops, retreats, but it'll be online for a while. Okay. Very cool. So go to Facebook to find out about, about that. Let me take a hopeful leap here and say, have you guys both gotten your vaccines? Yes. No. Not yet. Oh no! But. Well, I, I think I think you qualify for group one, wouldn't you both? For no, no, you have to have, you have two. You have to have two comorbidities, oh. whatever it's called. God, here's another problem with our system. Come, <laughs> come on, Governor Baker. Well, so I, I take it though that, that the well, I, I don't know. Maybe you're just like anybody else when it comes to to COVID, but but it's must be must have been a long year for you. Yeah, we actually both got it. We both got COVID. Last March. Last you March. did? Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, flew, we flew on an airplane. We got, they, the tracers think we got it on the airplane ride home. So. How bad was it? Or was it? We, they, they said that it was the light version, but I mean, it, it didn't, it really <laughs> sunk. I mean, it was not fun. Not uh, fun at all. We did not get it in our lungs, mm. uh, but we did have a piece of tea, which is nasty. Yeah, low-grade fever that never went away. I tasted headaches for about two or three weeks, and then I went asymptomatic for another eight weeks after that. Okay, so. yeah, I mean it, it's it's the thing when we see people being casual with no masks, and I think some people just kind of think, "Oh, it's been enough time. I'm going to go out." And I have relatives who I just see them posting pictures of them, like you know, at bars and restaurants, and and I. I shake my head. I say, you know, first of all, it's, it's kind of like you're driving drunk. You're you're endangering yourself and others, and it's potentially life threatening. But even if you think it's not going to kill you, it's a drag. I mean, I haven't had it. Knock on wood. But I have friends that have had it, and like you, it just you know apparently really knocks you out. Anyway, so and Dan, how do people find out about your book? They can basically. It'll be coming out later in April and May, and it, you can go to my Facebook group, which is the same as the book title, Peacocks, Poison, and Leukemia, Life of Vibrant Health. Mm-hmm. You can also go to my name, Daniel Junkins. It's also on the Facebook page. So either one of those. And and is, uh, and how, I, I neglected to ask, how is, how is your health now? I'm great. I mean, I've been in remission for, since about two weeks after I was diagnosed, surprisingly, uh-huh. but they go, it's a type of chemotherapy protocol right. where they constantly have you come back and get hit with a lot more 
chemo and they call it sort of like a recurring treatments to ensure that they're getting it at the microscopic level. So I had it like all summer long, suppose, and, and so it was about four months of chemo that I went through where they would literally put an IV in you and you're sitting there taking it for like 10 days straight mm-hmm. in the hospital. But I'm good now. I mean, I've been healthy and well. My blood levels got back to normal about a year later, about 12 months for the blood back to normal. So I've been running, biking, doing everything for the last three years. So I'm, I'm healthy and well. Well, good for you. Good for you both. But, but Daniel, you went from being someone who had two weeks to live, you were told, and somehow finding a state of bliss and acceptance to now someone who's healthy. Has the whole thing changed the way you look at life? Yeah, it was my, my whole approach to this whole thing was that I'm, it was one of the most positive life-changing events of my life. And, and I'm just really wanting to share that notion to others that you don't have to feel like you've got to fight this as much as just accepting where you are and being at peace with everything about your life. I just feel like that for me, same with Jana in the sense of reducing the stress in your life and really getting to a place of ease and knowing that whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, we, we really don't have control over things like we think we do, but the more we can just take in as many good healthy practices in our life, the better your life will be. Yeah. I'm, I was reminded recently of the phrase and I might be mangling it, but we, we plan and God laughs. And you know, that <laughs> it, it really is true. I, I tell that, you know, I have two kids that are, they're not teenage, they're teenagers or a little bit teen plus, whatever they're, they're, they're getting older and reminding me of how much older I am. But that reminds me of, that reminds me of Mike Tyson's quote. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, you know. <laughs> uh, another one another one of my favorites, which apparently is a as apocryphal. I guess Tyson didn't necessarily really say that, but I don't care. I, oh, okay. I, I, well, but, but, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is it's commonly attributed to Tyson and I like it too. It's it's very true. You will have a plan in your life. You will imagine, you know, probably getting together with a significant other and having a great career and you have that idea in your head and then guess what? The script changes. It changes just for all of us. So Jan, I'll ask you the same question. Just has, has your vision and outlook and philosophy on life changed as a result of all this? Yes, it definitely has. Yeah. I'm just present to, even now I have an inflamed meniscus and it was like saying, Hey, stop running so much. (laughs) So it it did. I did. I had to, you know, so I had to bike more and yeah, just take care of myself. Yeah. Um, And listeners, you, you can't, see Dan and Jana, but they're, to me, they look like the portraits of health. They don't look like the, the broken soul that I am after having been indoors for a year and many of the rest of us. So I give you, but I give you both a lot of credit. I guess in hindsight, you know, this, you know, having to quarantine after what you guys have been through is, it was arguably a, a piece of cake, but, but it sounds like you're still getting your exercise and all that. We just wanted to also add that we're yeah. at, we're scheduled to be doing our TEDx talks next Saturday, April third, at Bentley University. So, okay, now bit, now uh, you're doing a TED talk as well. Now you're just showing off. No, but <laughs> on Zoom, on Zoom, oh, yeah, on, on Zoom. Zoom. Okay, so. no, actually, I, I I kid. So, if you wouldn't mind repeating that, uh, Dan, the the 
Sure. Where, and where where would people find? And this this is you each have talks. Or you have, or is it the the two of you together, or what? So we're both talking. We've both been accepted to do our speeches at TEDx talk at Bentley University, April third. It'll be on the TEDx YouTube channel, streaming live. And then if you can't see it live, it'll be available on the TEDx YouTube channel ongoingly. I love it. I love it. And Dan's book is called Peacocks, Poison, and Leukemia: A Life of vibrant health. And if you look for that on Facebook, you'll find his page and Jana's book, Enchanted Wellness, how to go from hating disease to loving it. Same deal. Go to Facebook. Who's this coming out first? Is that a race too? Everything seems to be a race with you guys. Mine's coming out first. (laughs) Oh, good. Good. I take it. That's okay with you, Daniel. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Okay. We just got to get it out. You know, Well, but have you talked about you could, I imagine you could do like, well, if once we get out in public again, if you're going to do like book signings, you could, you could do them in tandem. Couldn't you? Would that be fun? Or do you each? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then we'll we'll compete who gets more signatures out. Oh, good. Yes. And then if it's a tie, then you both go out and do it triathlon to to settle it so before we depart we'll play a quick round of good stuff where jana and dan and i will all recommend something good that might brighten your day if it's not brightened enough by this story before we do good stuff let me remind you what we do here at the boston podcast network pod 6617 pod 617 yes i know the name of my own company Pod617.com is the place where you go. If you want your own podcast, we'll ship a quality mic out to you so you can get started from the comfort of your own home or you can come visit us at our Westwood Studios, now open for business. Podcasting is a great way to connect with your friends, your network, your clients, your potential clients. It's uh, an amazing, innovative, new spoke in your marketing wheel and we encourage you to take a look at pod617.com to get started the boston podcast network in pod we trust all right let's play some good stuff oh that's the good stuff all right well jana your book comes out first but I'm going to let Dan go first on good stuff. So, Dan, do you, Dan, do you have something you might recommend to our listeners that has? Sure, I got I got two things. One okay. is uh, we've been streaming a wonderful show on uh, Netflix called The Good Place, and uh, just got addicted to it. A lot of fun, loved it. Ted Danson is on that. Her name. I always forget her name Kirsten too. Kristen Bell. Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. That's right, Kristen yeah. Bell. Yeah. 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 And then the other, oh, sorry. No, that that's, well, I know how you like to think about death and that's what that show is about, but it's, but it's a (laughs) lighthearted, but it's a lighthearted look about, about it. And I, I did uh, at least a season and a half of that show. So that's a good one. When, yeah. What else you got? What else you got? This book that was given to me while I was in the hospital, it's called Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. It's a journey from cancer to near death, true healing. She has a near death experience with cancer and it's just an amazing, amazing, inspirational book that gave me a lot of sustenance when I was in the hospital. Very cool. Yeah. Dying to be me. I'm looking at it here on Amazon. No surprise there by Anita Morjani. Morjani. And I, I mean, people, if you want this, you can get it on Kindle for a buck ninety nine. Can't beat that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, how about you? Do you have something good to recommend to our listeners? Yeah. This book's called The Body Keeps the Score. It's about brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma. Can you repeat the Can you repeat the name of the book? I might have missed that. Sorry. The The body keeps the score. Okay. Brain, mind, and body in the healing of trauma, 
and you might not think like, we went through trauma, but since 80% of people grew up in a dysfunctional family, that's even, you know, there are parts that can be trauma for you. So it just, it has, it's amazing, like how, I don't know, it's just amazing yeah. how the body um, does keep score of, of different things that have happened in the past. And it has different techniques in there, breathing techniques that help you not react to your partner or, mm-hmm. you know, loved one so much. And that's really helpful. Very cool. Check that one out as well, folks. I will give a very quick review of a movie that is on, is it on Netflix? I don't know. I'll figure that out in a minute, but you've probably heard about it. It got nominated for an Oscar and it's called Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer here and then I'll give my review. I know you're all waited with, waiting with bated breath. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. impersonating a federal officer or you can go home the black badges are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror I will learn all that I can. I will these ain't no terrorists you can murder a liberator but you can't murder a liberation you can murder a revolutionary but you can't murder a revolution that is big time acting that's how you act so that's the the guy who plays the founder of the black panthers is an actor you'll probably recognize daniel kalua from many things he was in black panther he was in get out probably most notably but he really seizes the role. And what I found was interesting was I'm, I'm, I'm probably of, of your vintage, if not maybe a little older than you guys, who knows. But I, I, I don't really have memories of the Black Panther as uh, the Black Panther movement as a, as a kid. Have you guys seen this yet, by the way? I should ask. No. No. Okay. But I remember the Black Panthers as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they were, it was one of those, obviously, the, 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 a militant black group and the, the, you learn more about it in this movie. Let's, that's that's the obvious thing. But what I didn't know was that this is a true story, and you got a, a little glimpse at it from the trailer. A, a federal agent or mm, cop, I guess, played by Jesse Plemons, who you'll recognize from Friday Night Lights and Breaking Bad and other things. He's in everything now. He he is has arrested this young man played by Lakeith Stanfeld and gives him a deal and says you won't go to prison if you'll kind of be a snitch and be and be kind of an operative within the Black Panther Panthers movement and it and it it works I guess you'd say now the Fred Hampton ends up ends up dying in tragic fashion I, I don't want to ruin the whole movie even though it's a it's a factual tale but it was really amazing that this this happened that there was and. And the guy, Bill O'Neill, who is the snitch, he, he's still around. And no, actually, I take that back. I'm not sure whether he's still living. But he, he later, years later, told the tale. And anyway, 
great, great one. You guys watch that and then report back to me. Tell me whether you liked it. Yeah, I'm hooked. I want okay, to see it. <laughs> yeah. And let's see. I'll figure out where that is playing. But guys, I hope you had fun on the show. We had a blast. Yeah, Thank we you did have so, fun. so much. We really are grateful. That you- well, I, w- I wish you all the luck in the world. And I'm, I'm a little bit more inspired to get off my couch today because of everything that you guys, you guys have done. <laughs> and by the way, if you want to see Judas and the Black Messiah, it is streaming on HBO and HBO Max. So check that out. Thank you, Dana and Jan, for being on the Boston Podcast. Again, check out both of their respective Facebook groups. And I'll be ready to buy the books when they when they come out. If I buy the books, will you guys autograph them for me? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Love it. If you like this podcast, I remind everyone to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of my new friends, Dan and Jana, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.